Another edition of Beat the Closing Number presented by TheLines.com. My name is Eli Herskovich. You can follow me on Twitter at Eli Herskovich. My co-host is Mo Nawara at Mo Nawara on Twitter. Very simple, both of our handles. And you could also follow the lines on Twitter at TheLinesUS. Breaking down a few baseball games today. Two bets for Mo and one discussion point. Looking at a team that is underachieving in a big way from the NL Central. You could probably guess which team that is, but we'll get to that as our last bullet for today's Beat the Closing number. But before we get started, as always, remember to give the video a thumbs up and ring the bell to get notifications whenever the Lions releases a new sports betting video on any market, including Mo's day-to-day MLB bets. And remember to head over to play.thelines.com if you're interested in having a chance at winning a $25 Amazon gift card daily in our MLB Pick'em Contest. But Mo, starting off with a 7.10 p.m. Eastern time first pitch, Jays at Red Sox, Toronto at 18-11, Boston 16-14. But first and foremost, your lone wager in this game yesterday in the series opener did not fare well. So please explain to our audience what ensued on the East Coast last night. Yeah, another frustrating late inning loss. Chalk up one more again. Um, <laughs> that one was, yeah, it started off on the wrong foot with the Blue Jays hitting multiple 102 mile per hour outs in the very first inning with men on. So, you know, <clears throat> figured I was in trouble right then. And uh, sure enough, every time the Red Sox got men on, their 100 mile per hour hits were going over the wall, but the Blue Jays uh, stranded everybody that they put on base and lost when Jordan Romano, who is usually pretty solid, blew it. So not fun. Another uh, another rough one. We, we beat the market by like 15 cents on that one, and then another one where it got off on the wrong foot even before the game started when they scratched uh, George Springer with uh, illness. I think it was. If you're not going to be ready for the baseball grind and taking most bets and then shoving them back in his face when they lose, please remember that variance is a massive part of sports betting. So again, just be wary when you're tailing anybody's bets. Mo is one of the best handicappers I've ever been around, but just remember that as you don't want to get into a situation where maybe you're chasing because you're upset about a a uh, loss like that that happens in the bottom of the ninth inning when Toronto was, like Mo mentioned, up late or at least tight with Boston in the final innings. But looking at today's contest, the second leg of this series between the Jays and Red Sox, Toronto is around a minus 140 favorite, got steamed up just a tad from where it opened at last night. The best number on the Red Sox is plus 118 on the money line. Remember to head over to thelines.com if you want to get the best of the number on any money line odds or run line, total, whatever it may be. It's all at thelines.com in terms of price shopping. But it is Yusei Kikuchi against Tanner Houck. And Kikuchi has that 3.00 ERA in five starts. His chase rate is much improved from last season, ranking in the 87th percentile. But that 4 8 7 FIPS certainly looms. And on the flip side, Tanner Houck has that 4-5-0 ERA and a 5-2-0 FIP in his five starts. So he's pitched pretty much to expectations so far in 2023. And 
His opponent's barrel rate has also risen, which hasn't really helped him go deeper in games. So Boston, Toronto, are you back on the Jays for game two, Mo? Uh, actually taking the other side in this one, you say Kikuchi is doing some things different. Uh, fewer heaters, more changeups and sliders. His command has been better this year. I, I think that's like, honestly, the main thing. The biggest thing that I could see when I was looking into his stuff was, uh, he's much more consistently spotting his slider on, uh, the corners instead of leaving it hanging in the middle of the zone, which has been an issue for him. It's been one of, uh, it's been a pretty bad pitch for him overall, but he's doing a little better with it this year. At the same time, I just see, you know, 500 innings pitched and near five ERA consistently performing worse than his estimators. I just don't really buy into that. He's this improved. Um, when he has such a long track record of being a below average pitcher at best, I, I know his estimators have always been better than his ERA, but I, I think over this big of a sample, it's probably telling us something. Furthermore, he has lost swinging strikes and called strikes and first strikes. Statcast doesn't really believe in what he's been doing so far. They have him 4.76 on the XERA. So mostly just thinking Kikuchi's a little bit overpriced here. Uh, did grab Boston uh, around plus 120, I think. Um, it's came down a little bit, but still well within where I would play it. I think this should have been a little closer to even money here. I know that the Red Sox have actually hit lefties surprisingly pretty well so far. So uh, not a good park, obviously, for lefties generally. So a decent spot for Boston, I think. And as bad as that loss was for you last night, Mo, I don't think it was worse than what happened for Yankees batters. Domingo Herman gets pulled with less than 100 pitches allowing a base runner in the top of the ninth. And then Cleveland subsequently goes on to win the game three to two, scoring three runs in that frame. Once Herman went out, granted again, he did allow that base runner, but they were doing nothing offensively the entire game. So not a great night. If you were back in a couple of AL East teams, speaking of the Jays and the Yankees, but over to, the Midwest, Mo, 7.40 p.m. Eastern time. First pitch, Baltimore at 19-9 and at the Royals, 7-22. and Orioles out to as high as minus 170 on the money line. Tyler Wells taking on Ryan Yarbrough. And Baltimore against lefties this year has fared pretty well, just like the Red Sox. Seventh highest WRC plus against Southpaws. So are you leaning that direction with the Orioles, despite your win total under bet in terms of MLB futures going back to our first podcast, Beat the Closing Number. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to write that one off as a loss. Fortunately, that's like <laughs> the only bad one I think I made. Um, everything else looking very, very good for me, uh, including the Blue Jays. A uh, little bit of a, a dip in a couple weeks in, but they're they're looking strong again after smacking the Mariners around. Um, yeah, I, I do like the Orioles a bit here. I thought, I, I think, so I was fading Kansas City quite a bit early in the season. I think they mostly fixed the lines. I haven't been betting against them at all, really. Of late. I think I've bet on them a couple times, more recently than I faded them. But yeah, Tyler Wells was a guy who did very, very well for me last year. And I think, if anything, he's honestly 
pitching a little better so far this year. It looks like he added a cutter and it's getting elite results so far. And this has been kind of an organizational strength for the Orioles. Uh, they've done it with some other pitchers like Dean Kramer, um, added cutters to their repertoire and <clears throat> seeing them pitch better than basically the projections expect. So I think it's a situation where the projections do probably undersell his talent level if he's going to go that route. He's always been kind of a, a weak contact and, and pop-ups guy. And uh, yeah, these guys are generally underrated anyways. So yeah, like you said, they're hitting lefties pretty hard so far. 122 WRC+. plus. It's a good offense. It's an offense that looks like it should be good against lefties. And Ryan Yarborough, I, I think he's pretty much replacement level. Just never really been a good pitcher, but at this point, worse than he's ever pitched for sure. Getting absolutely no chases and swinging strikes are very, very low at 6.6%. That's like less than half of average or actually right around half. Um, other thing is he won't pitch deep into the game. You know, he's gone four innings each of his last couple starts. And then that means you're getting five-ish, maybe more innings out of a Royals bullpen that it has good strikeout numbers, but 5.26 ERA, 4.56 fifth. They've really, really struggled to to manage contact, which really in that park too, when you have that home park, it's not a very good sign since that's usually friendlier for pitchers and it and hasn't been, you know, it's been cold weather and such early in the season. Like should be able to manage contact in, in that situation. And it hasn't really been happening. So it, it's not a bullpen. I believe in really, in terms of when I see their, the names in that bullpen, it's not a, a, a group that I think has a very high true talent level. So yeah, the market does agree with this play. It looks like um, it has been coming up, but there was still a minus 157 at bet rivers. If people have an account there, I don't know if I'd really go past minus 160 on this one. It's already getting a little thin at that point, but there was a minus 155 on DraftKings this morning that, that I managed to grab. So uh, if you can get anything close to that, it's probably okay. And as always, we mentioned that if you want to get the best of the number with Mo, again, tail responsibly, but head over to the lines.com discord channel, and you can get the free link to our free Discord. We are not charging for picks, whether it's Mo's baseball bets or the like. So head over to thelines.com if you want to join our Discord channel and check out Mo's baseball bets in real time. By the way, I kind of mentioned this as a joke earlier in the season on one of our first few daily episodes, but Jorge Mateo has been one of the best bats in this Orioles lineup still. 347 average. Six home runs, 17 RBI, and a 1.062 OPS. So not only one of the best bats for Baltimore, but one of the best shortstops in baseball defensively too. So something to note there, he and Rutschman carrying Baltimore, and obviously this offense overall is carrying a Orioles team that doesn't really have the best rotation, which was a big part of your handicap when it came to their win total under, which made a lot of sense. But last game I want to discuss, it's not among your baseball bets today, but 745 first pitch in St. Louis, the Angels at 15 and 14 at the Cardinals. St. Louis is in the cellar at 10 and 19, off to their worst start since the 70s. And the average baseball better Mo will look at today's baseball lines and say, why are the Cardinals 
who are just about 10 games under 500, a minus 130 favorite against an above average Angels team, not just record wise. You thought they were an underrated candidate to potentially finish first in the AL West. Steven Matz, too, you couple the record with his individual struggles are over a six point three ERA, I want to say, against Patrick Sandoval, the lefty for the Angels fellow Southpaw. And St. Louis actually is high as plus three ninety in the NL Central Features market. So despite all that, I just want to preface that. Before you go, the Cardinals have hit lefties once again this season very well, but their bats struggled in L.A. Jordan Montgomery pitched very well on Saturday night, and it didn't matter, and Nolan Arenado is at the forefront of the Cardinals' offensive struggles. So I guess twofold here, what do you make of the line here for Cardinals and Angels in their series opener? And we've been touching on it for the most part, over the first month of the season, when is the right time to buy on St. Louis long-term if there's going to be a time to buy on this team? Yeah, I couldn't imagine it's going to get the, any any worse for St. Louis, to be honest. So uh, <laughs> this far below 500. I mean, but this team does have talent. We know it has talent. This could certainly be a Washington Nationals 2019 Think it was but the pitching is so, especially starting rotation. I mean, they have a better bullpen than the Nats that you yeah. started off with. But this rotation, man, I mean, we're, I agree. And I would love for that to be the case, considering we, we both kind of had that thought process right now with the Cardinals. But that was Max Scherzer. That was Steven Strasburg before all the injuries started to pile back up again. And who is the last starter then it was a three. It was a three-headed monster for the Nats that year. Yeah, the Nats. That was back when Patrick Corbin was still good too. Corbin, so yes, they, they had a lot of good players, uh, no doubt. This St. Louis team does have a lot of good players as well, but yeah, they just haven't been performing up to. I think, man, when I see stuff like what happened with that manager and Tyler O'Neill, that honestly makes me wonder if there's like. It's crazy to say this about the Cardinals, but like a clubhouse problem there when that's been like one of the best organizations for so long. I mean, um, no Molina. Yeah, no Molina, but, you know, they still have a lot of veterans. It's basically all veterans, and Adam Wainwright's still in there. I mean, I know he's not playing, but he should be back soon. I've always thought Steven Matz was a pretty solid pitcher, but he's a guy who has underperformed his peripherals. Um, So that's basically what's making me kind of I, I do believe in the numbers that he is solid. So I do have this line pretty close, but it was, if you can get like plus 120 on Angels, which I think there was at Bet Rivers this morning, I think that's probably okay. I had Cardinals as being a little overpriced in this matchup, but it is two very strong offenses against lefties, and the Cardinals just have so much of a better defense and probably a better bullpen than the Angels. Right, that's especially. what I was going to say. With Jose Quijada, I think just went on the IL. He's been one of their better arms, actually, for the Angels. So it's even getting worse. So I know the Cardinals pen hasn't been good either, but it's still better on paper than what the Angels are rolling out there. And like I said, they have a, so much of a better defense. The Angels' defense is pretty terrible. Uh, they were booting balls when I was watching them the other day. Just it's you know they they just have a lot of power, but. The Cardinals pretty much do match up with them bat for bat. So 
I, I do think they should be favored, just not quite this big of favorites. And you go back to variance, and it's kind of what we started out the show with, talking about the Jays and Red Sox game last night and bullpen variance overall when you're betting on Major League Baseball. But the Cardinals have had a ton of negative variance go against them. Now, that can be twofold. It doesn't necessarily mean that a team is going to rebound from that. Like the generic way that some betters, and granted, I used to do this when I was starting to get into NFL betting and do it more so than I was initially when I was solely betting on college basketball when I got into the space, looking at one score game results, right? And say, okay, well, a team fared, they were what? three and seven, let's say, in one score games, that's naturally going to flip the next season. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate into positive variance, despite potentially roster turnover. And you think about the roster turnover that the Cardinals have undergone this year. We brought it up with, or at least I brought it up with Yadier Molina. Now Wilson Contreras, who is a much worse pitch framer and the grades are starting to come in. And let me tell you, Mo, they aren't pretty. And then you think about, the defensive issues that we saw last week from a pretty sure-handed second baseman in Tommy Edmond also plays short. Brandon Donovan had a rocket off the bat on Saturday in the top of the eighth. I think a 98-mile-per-hour exit velo that was snagged by one of the Dodgers infielders that would have resulted in a tie game uh, in that second game of the Dodgers series. So I, I say that to preface that as much as we want to jump on the Cardinals bandwagon like we seemingly mention every single week on Beat the Closing Number, it doesn't always necessarily indicate that there are positive outcomes in the near future. Yeah, one thing I would say, first of all, is you should, when you think about regression, it, it's like you said, you have to always remember that. Like Regression doesn't mean there are going to be positive variants later. It just means you should expect them to play to their expectation. So it's that's gambler's fallacy when you think the, the better part is going to come, right? Um, but I will say, on a, though, in favor of the Cardinals, if you look at their actual results, Fangraphs has base runs standings, which strips out sequencing, basically. And like you said, they've been massively unlucky with sequencing. Um, minus four wins on sequencing, like according to the hits they've allowed and the hits they've made, um, they should be 14 and 15, which obviously isn't great, but it's better than 10 and 19. So, uh, they've been one of the unluckiest teams so far, for sure. We're going to be touching on this in August when the Cardinals are 20 games under 500 that day. What in terms of the metric that you just mentioned that the Cardinals should have had 20 more wins up at that point of the season. But we digress. That's going to do it for this episode of Beat the Closing Number. We'll have another daily edition of Mo's Bets coming up on Wednesday, along with our new long-form podcast that we've been doing weekly as well on Thursday, coupled with Mo's Day-to-Day MLB Bets. So that's going to do it for this episode. Hope you've enjoyed watching and listening. Thanks for doing so. We'll talk to you tomorrow. So long, everybody. 